Yo, what's good podcast? Uh, hope everybody's doing well, getting ready for the holidays and all that good stuff. I'm super pumped. Just launched the Cobalt Blue GV005s with K-Swiss. You can go to garyvee.com slash 005005. Gary V, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E dot com slash 005 for more information. I saw a bunch of you pick them up from social and from community in the last couple of days. Uh, we are unlimited quantities at this point. Make sure you get a pair for yourself or your favorite entrepreneur this holiday season. GaryV.com slash 005. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's up, podcast, and welcome back. Today's episode is from a keynote that Gary did in Monterey, Mexico in November. He talks about gaining attention from the end consumer and why you should be posting 50 to 100 pieces of content a day. Make sure to tweet or text Gary with any questions that you may have, and I hope this brings you value. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Yes, I'm gonna try. Um, good morning, so thank you so much for having me. A uh, Couple different things I wanna talk about this morning, most of all, when I think about the makeup of the room, when you speak and you have a general audience, it's so important to find the thing that most connects everybody in the room. And for me, that thing very much is attention. If you really understand what everybody here is trying to accomplish, it's attention. We're, we're very much in a place where if you're unable to get the attention of the end consumer, of the person you're trying to reach, you absolutely have no chance of actually accomplishing the goal at hand. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a um, university professor, if you're in the B2B space, if you're a content producer, if you're a startup, an executive, Everybody here has to focus on actually getting the attention of the end consumer and then starting to create context for that goal. The reason I spend so much time thinking about social media over the last decade is because way back when, when this came out, and for the, how many people here by show of hands are over 40 years old? Raise your hand, thank you. Uh, under 30, okay. So for you youngsters in here, when this came out, for all of us over 40, I think a lot of you can remember that there was a lot of debate on how expensive it was. Uh, how many people here had a Blackberry in their life? Raise your hands. Hold them up high. I want the kids to look at all these people. <laughs> Higher. Keep those lights on if you don't mind, I like seeing the faces. You can put them down. Every person that just raised their hands when the iPhone came out said, I'm not getting an iPhone, I can't feel the buttons on the phone. That was the big debate. The big debate, the reason people told me that they would not get this is because they liked the fact that they got used to the Blackberry and they could type quickly without looking. What I understood was this was an operating system, that this was connected to the single most important invention maybe in the human race, or at least up to this point, which is called the internet. Everybody in this room, including myself, 
is grossly underestimating the impact of the internet on the human race. And so, you know, the internet started gaining real traction on the consumer level in the mid 90s, late 90s, depending on what market you're in. But the reality is, for me, the thing that I really want to accomplish today is get every person from that corner to that corner and back to understand that it is highly likely, highly likely, that the breakthrough or the advancement or the growth that you're looking for comes at the expense of you understanding that you're actually a media company and not what else you do. I believe that everybody will realize over the next decade that almost everything in our society is being commoditized except the ability to communicate. That when you think about what you do, the product you sell and your ability to communicate it is fundamentally what's left. The internet will become the wholesaler, the distributor, the middle. There used to be enormous value in the middle. The people that had the middle controlled everything. The families or entrepreneurs or media companies that shot satellites into space or owned the printing press or radio stations, they had control. They distributed. Distribution was where the leverage was because if they didn't pick you, you weren't able to see the day of light, they were able to keep the value. Today, this is the distribution. Today, the value chain to making something happen, whether that is to become the president of Mexico or to sell sneakers, the value chain of your ability to leverage this distribution is the punchline. I believe that no different than taking care of your physical health to live longer or knowing how to balance your checkbook is important to keep your business alive, that the new requirement of the next decade is the ability for you to be a communications executor. That no longer, no longer are we in a place where that can be outsourced or misunderstood. Many of us in this audience, as I look around, grew up in a world where the media had 100% control of the narrative outside of spending a lot of money in advertising to be able to communicate. You know, given the way the world's working, I, I value, especially because I was born in the Soviet Union, I value journalism and the media greater than ever, not less. However, that does not take out of the equation the fact that every single person here, whether through LinkedIn, a podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, has the ability to become their communicator. And so for me, <clears throat> it's been very fascinating. It's been fascinating to watch how many businesses are getting disrupted, how many organizations, institutions are getting disrupted, and yet, I would argue that it is highly unlikely that what I just talked about for the last 10 minutes is something that is so profound for this room. I would argue what I just spoke about for the last 10 minutes is borderline common sense or just reaffirmation of something you absolutely already know. The important part of this conversation, this keynote, is not what I just framed up. That, that is not even a debatable aspect. The question is, if you agree and understand everything that I just talked about, 
why are you not communicating five to 55 times a day? My question in this room is I don't think I dropped any remarkable knowledge in the last 10 minutes. My question is why am I making at the scale that I'm making every day, why are the people that are advancing culturally in business in every arena are the ones who are actually making content and why are you and your organization not? Why are you still stuck in a world of politics and subjectiveness internally to push out content? Why are you still in a world where you value the production quality as quality, not the message that it's being delivered in? Why are you willing to live your life as an individual or an organization based on a communications and media landscape that no longer exists? Thank you, mom. My friends, this is a super interesting talk. I'm even feeling it in my own head. I'm like talking to myself as I'm talking. I'm like, this is remarkable. This is actually remarkable. What, what I'm talking about is uncomfortably basic. The internet has changed the way we communicated. Why aren't you using it? Thank you very much, Mexico. See ya. Like that's literally, <laughs> that's literally the talk. This, this is what, how many people here consume my content? Raise your hands, I'm just curious. Thank you. So, and how many of those hands have been consuming for longer than three years, by show of hands? Thank you, (laughs) smaller. Um, The people that just raised their hands, if they're sitting next to you, will tell you that over the last three years, I've become less tactical and have started talking more about parenting and, and patience and more mindset because I am so uncomfortable with the first 10 minutes of this talk. My friends, how do you not understand that you have to produce 100 pieces of content a day? How do you not understand that every day that you wake up, whether for yourself or for your business or your ambition or your organization, how do you not understand that you should be putting out 50 to 100 pieces of content a day? 10 tweets, 15 posts on LinkedIn and, you, and, and LinkedIn, excuse me, um, a podcast, a vlog, like, What's the conversation here? Nobody has leverage over you anymore. This is the distribution. This is it. This and the eight to 10 websites that work in your market. Does Mexico have different thing, dynamics than the US? Of course. Does WhatsApp have more equity here than does in the US? Sure. Is, is TikTok bigger right now in the US? Than other, but sure, but it's still the same game. I'm agnostic. I don't care if you wanna talk about Telegraph or WhatsApp. Facebook or Instagram, it's still the same game. It is a pipe on top of the internet and you need to figure out how to talk on it. When I say talk, there's only three things. It's so basic. The written word, audio, and video. It's been like this for a long time. You could be in the newspaper business, in the radio business, or the television business, and all of it is here and you don't have to pay for distribution. Let me say that one more time. I'm 44 in a week. And what even at my young of an age, I remember a day and age when I ran a business 
where I had to pay a lot of money to the New York Times. I had to pay a lot of money to the post office to send direct mail. I had to pay a lot of money to the local radio station to have a host read my ad. I had to pay. I had to pay a lot of money for the gatekeeper of awareness to let me have a chance to talk to you. I don't pay anything now. Now, I don't pay anything for the distribution. I pay for people creating content. DRock, where you at? There you go. DRock's not free. <laughs> he might think it's a good deal, I do too. I think he'll win in the end, but nonetheless, the, the shift of economics has changed. Think about how more exciting it is for all of us in this room that our cost to reach our customer, whether B2B, whether 80 years old, whether 16 years old, whether B2C, our cost is now an internal cost, not an external cost. Not to mention that the amount of talent that is being created at the 13 to 22 year old level and currently sits in the 20 to 30 year old level of people that know how to create is remarkable. There is an extraordinary amount of 25 year olds on earth today that would much rather get paid minimum legal wage in their society to videotape and make content for YouTube and Instagram than they would to make double that salary doing something they don't love. That is the mindset of the millennial user. That is an incredible relationship. That is an opportunity both for business and that individual. My friends, there are so many conversations in our system that have nothing to do with the actual realities of our game. The actual realities of our game, life, is that we have transcended into a new era where everybody in this room has to think of themselves like a journalist, like a movie producer, like a radio host, and that is a requirement. For the last decade that I've been screaming on stages all over the world, it has been a luxury. Let me say this very carefully, I want everybody to pay attention. This is no different than in 1995 to 2003 when I was speaking in much smaller places in New Jersey when I would say having a website was a luxury in 1997, it became a requirement in 2005. My friends, the time of you being able to not produce content on the 10 social networks or content platforms of our society, the time of that being a luxury is going away and we are going into the decade of where it is a requirement. This is very important to me and I'm desperately trying to get it through to everybody because I don't know what other way to curse or what other way to make a content piece or what clever thing to do, what quote to put over a picture of me on a stage. I'm running out of different ways to say the same thing. And here it is one more time for the kids in the back. <laughs> Unless you tomorrow understand that whatever your ambition is, whatever you want to happen, professionally and personally, unless you understand the requirement is to produce as much content as possible, you will be out 
maneuvered by somebody else. What, what I'm seeing that's fascinating to me is the following. As many of you know, for a decade, but definitely for a half a decade, I've been screaming about the opportunities of social networks. Over the last year, we're starting to start to see the cracks of the biggest companies in the world starting to consider to move their budgets into this world. Some are pulling out because they don't like the politics of Facebook, others are pulling in. In very basic data, not opinion, the cost of Facebook ads have gone up, not down. This is because people realize it's actually working. I can stand here today and tell everybody here that if they have a, how many people here are in the B2C business, actually selling to end consumers? Just raise your hands. For every hand that just went up, I can tell you right now, in Mexico, right this second, for customers 18 to 45, on the consumer lens, that Instagram story ads, so the ads and stories, not in the main feed, are so uncomfortably underpriced that the two and three dollar CPMs to reach a thousand Mexican citizens in a targeting capability is so unfathomable that if you actually make 25 and 50 pieces of content for the ad, not one, because you know you're targeting 26 to 32 year old females in Mexico City who are interested in soft drinks or what have you, that the upside is extraordinary. I can leave that right now tactically. I can leave tactically that the pre-roll ads on YouTube in this country, when you factor in the search queries on Google, are some of the best video ad content in the world. That there is so much consumption of YouTube in this country and so few taking advantage of the pre-roll ads that your ability to build awareness, not conversion sales, but awareness, brand, marketing, not selling, in pre-roll YouTube form is unprecedented. Unprecedented. I'm just trying to convince somebody to test it, to do it. We sit around all day, and it's very important for everybody in this room to figure this out. You have to understand, are you a salesman or are you a marketer? And both are okay, but the problem for so many people is they get confused and think they're doing marketing when they're actually doing sales. And it's super important. How many people here are entrepreneurs? Raise your hands. So for me, this, which is an enormous percentage of this room, this is where this gets very important. Everything I'm talking about compounds in importance for entrepreneurs because how many, one more time, and can you put the lights on? How many people are entrepreneurs? Raise your hands. Hold them up. The amount of time, thank you, the amount of time that the hands that just went up that is spent on trying to figure out how to get fundraising is devastating. We are living through the golden era of entrepreneurs who have become incapable of building practical businesses without the notion of raising an enormous amount of capital. For all the hands that just went up, I would wish 
for you if you had your great-grandparents or grandparents that actually were entrepreneurs too, for you to have a conversation with them about how you're thinking about executing your business versus how they did. We are living in a world where so many people now spend all their time thinking about how, and especially when you're not in America, and even in America, when you're not in Silicon Valley, there are uncomfortable amounts of hours in this room of people in meetings crying about the fact that it's hard to raise capital. It should be hard to raise capital. Like this notion of entitlement that because you have a fucking idea that you deserve money for it to do it is laughable. It is a disease in America, it is a disease in Asia, it is a disease in Latin America. The notion that you have to raise capital to start, I started VaynerMedia by starting the company in a conference room of another company so I didn't have to pay rent and I worked for a couple of weeks to find somebody to pay me for a project and I took that money and that's how I hired our first employee. You can build a business without raising capital. Thanks, because it's real. My friends, we're living through the greatest era of fake entrepreneurship right now. It's gotten so cool that everybody wants to be one and it scares me. Listen, I was one. I'm benefiting from the popularity of entrepreneurship. That doesn't mean that I don't want to talk about all the perils when you try to be an entrepreneur when you're not. I want to remind this room that the 17th employee at Facebook made a lot more money than 99.99999% of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship on a pedestal is a very dangerous game. It's extremely lonely, it's extremely difficult, and the reality is to be a true entrepreneur that's able to navigate successfully, you have to be in a position where you have a great relationship with the judgment. People struggle with judgment, especially from their friends and family. Judgment is the poison of our society and it is accelerated where you have nowhere to hide. How many, how many people here are employees? You work somewhere, raise your hand. Raise them, don't, don't worry, raise them high. For everybody who just raised their hand, I think being an employee is phenomenal and I'll tell you why. The best part of being an employee is you always have somebody else to blame. <laughs> One of the reasons I know that we're living through the greatest era of entrepreneurship is because I get hundreds and thousands of DMs and messages and I have meetings with entrepreneurs every day and I am fascinated with their ability to spend the majority of our time together complaining or painting a picture of other people within their organization being at fault for their lack of success. Entrepreneurs, one more time, I apologize, hands in the air. Let me give you my best tidbit before I leave. 100% of the problems with your company is 100% your fault. When I tell you that there are 500 problems at VaynerMedia that I can think of right now, I can do that right now. They're all my fault because the people that are running those situations, I hired them. They may suck, 
but it's my responsibility to fire them and replace them. I'm also the one that hired them, or I hired the person that hired them. If you raise your hand and you're an entrepreneur, I promise you the quickest way to happiness and success is 100% blind accountability. It's not fun. You know, earlier I was with a group of people and we got into a conversation around parenting and technology. Everybody wants to blame Facebook and Instagram and cell phones because they don't want to be accountable for the fact that they have created children with no self-esteem and are 100% entitled. It's a lot more fun to blame something else than it is to blame yourselves. It's a lot more fun for you to sit around a dinner table and blame Mexico's government for your lack of success, not you. My friends, life is very basic. There's always something. You know, as I'm sure you know, there's a lot of tension politically within the US and there's a lot of people complaining and worried and upset and there's plenty to fix. We have many shortcomings. But let me promise you this, in the globe, the eight billion of us, 7.7 billion of us, there's never been a better time to be alive. Marry your startup? Well, I need to know what it is. Well, you send me an email and I'll read it. You got it. So, before that lovely lady just interrupted my flow, which leads to almost guaranteed no shot of marrying her startup. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is very simple. We are not living through the world war era. We are not living through the black plague. People are like, Gary, I can't raise money for my startup. I'm like, you know what's worse than that? The Holocaust. You know, as somebody who loves history, especially the last hundred years in the world, there is so much that has happened in this great country in the last hundred years that has been far more difficult climates to execute your entrepreneurial dream than the one that you're sitting in right now, fluffy in a conference listening to me talk. My friends, we need to eliminate excuses. Excuses are quite popular. Excuses are fun and easy. Excuses come when actual macro prosperity is actually happening. And so I really spend a lot more time now thinking about perspective than I do around a lot of other things that are tactical. Tactically, I can sit here, and I'm gonna I'll actually sit here because I'm in the mood right now, I'm getting a little serious here. I can sit here tactically and say to you, listen, my entire career has been built on the fact that I'm very good at understanding where organic reach to the end consumer, I changed my mind, where organic reach to the end consumer is very underpriced. Let me explain. I was smart enough, intuitive enough, gifted with the ability to understand people enough, whatever you want to call it, to understand in 1995 that the internet was not a fad and that people would use it and so instead of opening a second liquor store for my family business, I launched a website. That was considered crazy. That worked. I also understood in 1997 that people would read email. How many people here had email in 1999? Raise your hands. Stand up, stand up. Stand up if you had email in 1999. Please don't be lazy, I just want the room to see this. 
Okay, first, let's clap it up for these dinosaurs. I'm one. Stay, stay, please, please, I want people to see this. Put the lights on. Please stand if you had email. If you're being lazy, please stand if you had email in 1999. I want to see the numbers. Thank you. By the people standing, by a show of hands or shake your head, because I want everybody to see this. Do you remember in 1999 when we would get an email? Do you remember that we read every fucking word of every email? Recall? That, you can sit, thank you. That, that my friends who have been sitting, that's what I was good at. I understood in 1999 that people had email, that it was free to send an email, and that they read it. And that is why I started an email newsletter instead of a paper newsletter, which I wish you understood in 1999 was crazy. In 1999, starting an email newsletter instead of a printed newsletter would be like somebody here who's in financial services starting a TikTok account tomorrow. It made no sense to people. I also knew that in 2001 or two, I don't recall, that Google AdWords and Google Search Organic was underpriced. That I thought Google would defeat Yahoo, that people would search, and if you typed in Cabernet or Bordeaux, that it was good for my store to show up. I had no money. My dad had a local liquor store that was doing $3 million a year, almost four, on 10% gross profit. 400,000 gross before expenses of employees and water and rent, no money. My first year marketing budget was less than $30,000. And really it was zero, but I had to find it somewhere else. My career has been predicated on underpriced attention. That's why I was first on YouTube. That's why I was earliest on Twitter and Facebook. Finally, by the time I was 32, 33, I got smart and started investing in the companies, not just using it. But I can sit here today because I still have this talent and I'm still in the dirt. The reason I run VaynerMedia is I want to be in the dirt. When you're in the dirt, you know what's going on. When you're in the clouds, when you're in an ivory tower, you do not. I stay in the dirt, which allows me on this morning on November 7th, 2019, with all the success and opportunity I have, I can deliver to this room the tactical advice that what built me, email, website, Google search, YouTube, Facebook, is 100% happening right now on LinkedIn and TikTok. 100%. You could have no profile on either one of those accounts, go write an article on LinkedIn, four sentences, five sentences, that brings value, not as a commercial for your business, and by the time you wake up the next morning, 30, 90, 400 people that have never heard of you have now heard of you and half of them, 80% of them agree with you and one of them or two of them is intrigued by you. I just don't understand, especially for all the hands that went up early, when I say this every day, how many of them still don't make content? This leads to insecurity, this leads into this stuff. When people say, Gary, I want more tactics from you, I'm like, I'm very easy with tactics. Just watch everything I'm doing and do that too. (laughs) I mean it. I'm not throwing around my cell number in America 
for text numbers for my health or because I think it's funny. I'm doing it because I believe that we're in the early stages of social media's macro decline and that I want the first party data of having my end user's phone number so I can talk to them directly because I don't like that I have seven million followers on Instagram but when I hit post, a small fraction of those seven million people see it. Now, I'm not a crybaby like everybody else that's mad that the organic reaches down because I'm very aware that it is free. Watching, remember Facebook a couple years ago when you would post on your page and the numbers went down and everybody was crying and mad at Zucks? I kept trying to remind everybody, I'm like, it's free. (laughs) Instagram does not charge you. YouTube does not charge you to go on the platform and distribution. Television, print, radio, outdoor billboards charge you. This is free for distribution. This will be the next decade of communication warfare. We will separate as organizations and as people, as the people that are the haves versus the have-nots. Many of you over the next decade will fire or restructure your businesses to bring in journalists, videographers, designers, cartoonists, animators. You will start slowly but surely understanding how true what I'm saying is. This is going to be a communication warfare. You will also bring in math-oriented individuals that understand how to navigate organic and paid distribution in whatever the Facebooks and LinkedIn's and TikToks are of a decade of today. Whether they're all there or none of them are there, I could care less. In a weird way, I almost prefer that tomorrow every social network and content platform disappeared off the face of the earth because then everybody would be stunned and where do you go? And my greatest skill is finding where the attention is and I believe that I could gather the most. Whether that is going back to print, going back to radio, I could care less. Tactical, I believe that 90% of this room should start a podcast. I believe that 90% of this room should start a podcast. I believe that over the next decade, and start, and even now, that the rise of audio consumption has exploded. By show of hands, sorry to the lighting people, by show of hands, how many people here now listen to at least one podcast at least once a week? Raise your hands. Raise it high. People in the front, look at how staggering this number is. Put them down. Of the people that just raised their hand, how many of you listened to a podcast at least once a week five years ago? Raise your hand. Look around. What I just showed you by a show of hands, thank you. What I just showed you by a show of hands is what I do for a living. I day trade attention. When I wrote Crushing It, this book up here, which is my last book in the yellow, if you can see it, up there I have the logos of the platforms that I talked about. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, podcasting, YouTube. This was my book of the contemporary places to execute what I just talked about. This is 18 months old. 
not LinkedIn nor TikTok show up on that book. Yet, it has been the far majority of what I've talked to you about this morning. In 18 months, I come back here or come out with another book or give another keynote, I may not even utter the words LinkedIn or TikTok. The skill set that is required going forward for any business in a communications warfare is the ability to understand where the attention is and be able to produce content for it. The single biggest reason most of you will not be able to go back home and execute on the model that I just told you about. The single reason is because of judgment of the content itself. Many of you do not go on video because you're insecure of the way you look on video. That's okay with me, that's human nature. What is not acceptable for me is for you not to challenge yourself to figure out what kind of communicator you actually are. Are you capable of writing? Are you capable of taking your phone, hitting the memos, and just talking for six minutes and posting that? Are you capable of video? I'm an intuitive communicator operator. Had I been a hardcore quant analytical operator, I would be sitting here this morning showing you slides, showing you incredible math and charts, completely affirming what I'm talking about. When you just look at the sheer consumption that we as human beings now take into content because of this, you used to not be able to watch television when you were on the bus. You had to get home and watch it. My friends, what has happened in our lives is a very big deal. When we are long gone, and it is 500 years from now, I promise you, many will look back to this 50 years as a turning point in the human race. The internet, the inevitability of the blockchain, and many other technologies is a very substantial deal. It is now executing and affecting your business. Please, 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 please hear me loud and clear this morning and understanding that this is very basic. This is no different than if I was giving a keynote this morning about health. If I was talking about physical health, I would be talking about eating better and working out. You wanna get into better shape? I have the secret, everyone. Stop eating shit and work out every morning. Yet, an incredible amount of people here continue to look for some magic formula of apple juice vinegar, of some fucking waist thing that you wear 24 hours a day that fucking shrinks your shit, of plastic surgery, of doctors, of some miraculous shortcut to not put in the work. That is what I'm speaking about today in the form of entrepreneurship and business. It has become unbelievably clear, very clear. There is your product, your product, the thing you sell, yourself, your time, your product, and then nothing anymore in the middle, which used to be the whole game, stores, networks, wholesalers, 
media companies, the middle. That used to be the game. This is not the game. Your product and your ability to tell me about it. The end. And until you become religious about those two, you will become vulnerable. The first about your product, that's on you. I don't know what, how good of a lawyer you are. I don't know how good of a mason you are. I don't know how good of a flower shop, steel manufacturer, educator, I don't know. You've gotta work on your craft. But I promise you this, this part right here, this part's very interesting to me. I'll tell you why. If I could have you better at one of those two things, I would have you better at this. Because the quality of something is subjective. The ability to communicate and make one believe of its quality is the way it gets played out in results. Until everybody takes a big step back and realizes that communication on cell phones today, and more importantly, and this is why, let me get to the punchline. Let me tell you why I only care about you building brand. In the next decade, we will see the emergence of a technology that I think is potentially, unbelievably disruptive, and that is voice devices in our homes that are AI-assisted. Google Home, Apple Pod, Amazon Alexa, many other companies that are gonna pop up in other parts of the world that are gonna compete. I believe that there is a naivete and a misunderstanding of how potentially powerful these devices are. Everything that has worked for me over the last 20 years has been grounded in my unbelievable belief that you choose convenience and speed almost over anything else in the world. That while mainstream media continues to try to tell us that we care about privacy, I watch you every day give up privacy for convenience. If I needed to go find a wonderful place to eat right now, 15 years ago, with none of your help, I would have to go look at a print product. A yellow pages like product, a magazine that says best restaurants in Monterey, it would take me a long time. Today, I can choose this, and within three to four minutes, be in the game. In a half a decade to a decade, I can say, Alexa, what's the best restaurant in Monterey? And get the answer like this. I can get my babysitter, I can book my calendar invite, I can make every decision with an AI-assisted voice device. If you are in the food business, and you're in the pizza business, and you're the best at Google, and you show up first, and you're posting remarkable photos on Instagram about your pizza, and all those things, that's very, very nice. However, unless you are capable of building a brand that comes out of my mouth, in a decade, when I say, Google, send me a pizza, you're in deep trouble. Because now Google becomes the toll booth. Google decides what pizza I'm getting. Either A, 
the pizza company that Google owns, or B, the pizza company that spends the most money for the referral that they won't even be able to afford based on their profit margin. It will not be me typing in pizza and choosing because you bought ads or you have the best copy. Brand in a voice world is the only thing left. If you have not started the process of building your personal brand or the brand of your organization, you are going to be uncomfortably vulnerable in the next decade or two's advancements. I wanna remind this room as a parting shot that everything we talk about today, from smartphones to social networks to Netflix to everything, Ubers and on and on and on, everything we talk about did not exist 15 years ago. Did not exist. If you think a lot has happened since then to now, wait till you see what happens over the next 15 years because the stack of technology is in place for far quicker advancement. Unless you are storytelling and producing content that is either educational or entertaining, either bringing people the ability to escape their normal life, which is why they will consume it, or educate and be a utility, you will be squeezed out. Today, today needs to be the day that you stop thinking about it and debating it. Today must become the day that you are in the singular business of ideas of what you want to say and actually making it. My friends, if you are not putting out 10, 20, 30, 70 pieces of content a day, you've started the process to being completely irrelevant. Thank you. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.